0: Okay, how's everybody doing this morning? Man, what an awesome worship time. I'm just going to kind of ring in with our two pastors that have said the same thing. But um, now, Shane, I will be honest, or whoever has the... uh, the, uh, Hey, there you go. I am a little bit of a louder guy when I preach. Um, So I might might have to control that a little bit. (laughs) Okay, um, so I'm really excited uh, for the opportunity that Pastor gave me today to be able just to bring the word to you guys. Um, we what he said is is true. We actually just kind of out of the blue, um, just were given the opportunity to um, to go back to our our kind of original church that we were pastors at. We were youth pastors at Fountain of Life Church in Saraland, Alabama, for almost six years. Before we moved up to uh, to Birmingham to take a worship pastor position up there, and man, we love that place. We got so much history there with our people. The people there and, and even uh, most of the staff that's still there was the staff that was there when we were there 10 years ago. And so, uh, so it was really fun to be able to go back and, and uh, just hang out with those guys and girls again and all that. And man, God is so awesome. And I'm telling you, you, you never know where your path is going to lead you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can't see the end of the tunnel sometimes and you get in the middle of all of this stuff going on in life. And you, find, you ever find yourself in that place where you're going, God, how did I get here? Like, this is not where I'm supposed to be, whether it's by your own making or or, or even by following the will of God for your life. You find yourself in the middle of something and you go, uh-uh, God, you're wrong. <laughs> this is not where I was supposed to be. You know better. <laughs> and, uh, and and, and, that's kind of where we had been over the last couple of years. And um, I found myself, uh, when I was 12 years old, I was called to ministry. 12 years old, I can tell where I was, it was this little church, and, and we Tumpka, Alabama, on a Monday night at an old camp meeting revival service, and those of you who have been around uh, Pentecostal church, you know what a camp meeting service is, right? And I remember 12 years old, and the pastor was talking about um, that God's calling you to, call some of you to, to be in ministry, and, and I remember I walked down the aisle in the middle of that church, and that pastor prayed over me, and I knew that God was calling me to be a pastor. And so the last two years, I found myself being a general manager at Chick-fil-A, which is great. And I love Chick-fil-A. I really do. Chick-fil-A is awesome. Anybody else love Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, it's been said that if the church is God's house, Chick Fil A is God's kitchen. Um, so, so uh, but it's awesome. But I just had this desire to be back in ministry, and man, God has opened the door for us to do that. And so we're just so excited. And I just want to say thank you to, to Pastor Lynn and and you guys for just um, accepting us and just loving us. And um, you know we've we we had gone for about a year, and then we'd come back over here a few months back. And and I told Pastor, uh, I guess a couple of Wednesday nights ago, I said, look, we came back, and then as soon as we came back, we got this call from this other church, and so it looked like we just didn't want to be here <laughs> anymore, but I promise we do. Um, but anyway, I'm really excited to be able to bring the word to you this morning. Um, so this past summer, my wife and I, we had the, this idea that we wanted to take a family vacation. My, my son, my son Zach, I'm going to move this because I'm just going to tell you I walk a lot. I'm probably going to run into it at some point. And I'm also, walking a lot and being clumsy are bad combinations um so anyway my wife and i we had this this idea that we were going to take a family vacation we haven't been able to do one in the last few years you know and zach's uh senior year uh we're going into his senior year and and um, we were really excited so we were going to try to go to the mountains because we love the mountains and uh we got to looking at y'all do y'all know the mountains are expensive like getting a cabin in the mountains that's pricey y'all and so we got to looking at it and and we were like man we can do this and then one day i was at a at a um, conference in atlanta and my wife called me and she said hey I think we can do Universal Studios for about the same price. We've been wanting to go to Universal for years, y'all. And um, and so we did, and we surprised the kids, and we took them to Universal. And so we did Universal for like, what, four days, I guess, four or five days down there. And it was phenomenal, y'all. It was so much fun. You know, Disney, our kids are older. We like the thrill rides and all that stuff, and it was it was so fun. And uh, and and what was so great about it is we had all this great time, but our kids, they were like, man, thank you guys so much. We love this, this is awesome, we wanted to do this for so long. But you know the one thing they never said to us? They never said, man, thank you, mom and dad, for taking us to, to Universal. How can we repay you? When when how how do we need to set up a payment schedule for this? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever had a kid, you know, you give them like an awesome birthday present or take them on a big trip and then have them come to you with like a checkbook and say, all right, mom and dad, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Let's set up a payment schedule for we can pay you back for this. It's going to be great. No, you don't do that. It's not about that, right? You want to be able to give without a thought of how we're going to repay. The problem is the same thing happens in in our Christian life. God gives, and he gives, and he gives, and he gives to us, but for some reason in our heads, we think we've got to live up to be worthy of what we've been given through Christ. And so God is going to take us on all these awesome adventures, and he's going to give us all these great gifts, and we find ourselves not just saying, thank you, Jesus, but we find ourselves vocally and mentally. And thank you Jesus but living in this way that we think okay I got to live up to be worthy for, for what he's done for me I, I got I to keep doing it I got to keep being if't if I do this thing wrong if I do this thing not right then then it's not I'm not going to be worthy of the, of the things that he's given us but can I tell you something there's no way that we're worthy of what God's done for us the only way we're worthy is because Jesus made us worthy it has nothing to do with who we are so see Worth, without working for it, doesn't make sense in our brains. It doesn't. It's it's awkward. Receiving receiving grace, receiving worth, receiving what Jesus has done for us, and all this, it's awkward. It doesn't feel right. Do you ever have so I was a youth pastor for six years. Um, So we had these long conversations um, about how to hug members of the opposite sex anybody ever been there before brad you know what i mean um because the opposite sex teenagers they don't think about it they just love you man and they just want to just hug on you and you know when it's the worst at the altar let me tell you something things get physical with teenagers at the altar it's weird man i remember when we were youth pastors we were um, we were at youth camp one year. And uh, my brother-in-law, Greg Kelly, and his wife, Ginger, they used to be the district youth directors for the state of Alabama. And, uh, and I was a youth pastor at the time. My wife and I had our youth group at camp, and, and we were kind of, you know, at the end of the service, we're kind of patrolling the altars, you know, like praying for kids and all that kind of stuff, and there's snot and tears everywhere, and people are falling down and all that stuff. Well, I happen to look up in the balcony, and I see my sister, and this is what she's go, she's she's doing this, she's going... And I'm like, what are you doing? I'll turn around. Y'all, if I'm making this up, this guy was sitting in the altar with his girlfriend sitting in front of him, leaned back against him with his arms around, him, and they're just swaying like this. I mean, they might have been 16. I'm like, no, that's not Jesus. We're not leaving room for the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And so... so So we separated, we separated, but we talk about hugs, man. We talk about like, you know, they come up to you and you got, you kind of like turn the hip, you know, and you just grab on the side. It's the side hug. It's really awkward. It's really, really awkward because then there's that moment where you're like, oh, oh, okay. That's how we receive grace from God. It's awkward. It doesn't feel right. Because our human brains don't compute grace. Our human brains don't compute that we don't have to do anything to earn what Jesus has done for us. So when Jesus says, here, I've got this awesome gift for you that's going to get you to a place where you can spend eternity with me, where you can get out of all of this stuff that the devil has laid out for you from the fall of the world, from the sin that Adam brought in. I've got this for you and you don't have to do anything. But trust me for it. We don't know how to receive it. Because in our lives, worth without work doesn't compute. It's awkward, it makes no sense to us. So see, most of the time what we do is we just, uh, we, we just ascribe like worth in these ways that we, just, that we kind of subconsciously think through. So for instance, we, we ascribe worth to ourselves as far as like our physical appearance, right? Like, well, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, and I wish that was my problem. Whatever the case may be. I don't, have, I don't have money to have like the latest clothes. I don't have money to stay up with the fashion. You know, I'm, I'm whatever. Or maybe it's social status. We ascribe worth to ourselves by our popularity. When I was in high school, I tell people all the time, when I was in high school, I sold my Christianity for popularity. It was a bad idea. Not achieve popularity, but at what cost? And it happens every single day. Maybe career accomplishment. You get older, the farther you go in your your career, the more you're able to accomplish, the more positions you're able to get to, the bigger your paycheck at the end of every month, whatever the case may be, you get worth because somebody else has told you that you're working hard enough to be worthy of this. It's just your financial security. You've got six months of pay and the savings and you've done all the Dave Ramsey steps and all those things and you get your worth because you're financially secure. But mostly what I've learned is that we just tend to use the good to bad scale. And basically just, well, I've got more good than I my bad, so I'm gonna be all right. I go help with the soup kitchens, I, I hand out water on the corner, I'm, I go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, I don't drink or don't cuss. And, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But we have to work for it. Worth without work doesn't. So we gotta we gotta find a way to to fix that. So I want to look at Luke chapter fifteen, and we're gonna go through a really really um, common well-known chapter of the Bible. And, and I want to set it up for you for just a second. Luke 15, 1 through 2 um, says this. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawn near to hear, to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So I think it's really interesting. What you got to understand about Jesus' culture is, is saying that uh, the Pharisees and the scribes, said uh, they, they were like, man, they're mad.